Take your Bibles tonight and turn to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 29. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth are thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand is, is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own hand, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as were, as were our, all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine, own, of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me... In the uprightness of mine heart I have willingly offered all these things, and now have seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of this passage. We thank you, Lord, for the background of it and, and what it means, and I pray you'd teach us tonight some things we need to know when we give to you, and I pray that you'd help us to understand that all we have comes from you, in fact, all we have belongs to you. And help us to be good stewards of what you've given us. And uh, we pray that we might uh, be givers who give because we love you. Bless this passage to our hearts tonight. Meet each need that everyone has this evening. We pray for those who are going through some troubles right now, that you'll bless them. Uh, meet each need, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. The background of this passage is that David had desired to build a house for the Lord. He brought that idea before Nathan the prophet, and Nathan said, sounds, in, in paraphrasing, says, sounds good to me. Uh, do whatever you believe is best on your heart. And then the Lord spoke to Nathan and told him. He said, uh, David is not to build the house for me. And uh, so Nathan told David that, that he wasn't to build the house but that his son Solomon was to build the house. And David accepted that. He said, all right, if that's what God wants, that's fine, and uh, I won't proceed to build the house. But I will do what I can do, and that is I can begin to gather things in for the building of the house. And so that house was the temple of the Lord. And so David began to gather things in and to accumulate wealth so that they would have the supplies that were necessary for building the house. In chapter 29, we've just read in this passage, now let's go back to verse 1. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things to be of silver, and the brass for things of brass, and the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, and onyx stones, and stones to be set, 
glistening stones and of divers colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own of mine own proper good and gold of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for thy thy holy house, even three thousand talents of gold and of gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver uh, to overlay the walls of the the house there there withal. The gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And then, so David tells some of the things that he has given. He says, I can't build the house, but I'm going to do all I can to help. And so I give all of these things, all the silver and all these gold and the precious stones and the wood and all these things that he's to give. And then the latter part of verse 5, he says, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? So who else will help in this service for the Lord? Then the chief of the, of the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of, of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 uh, drams and 10,000 drams, and of silver 10,000 talents, and of brass 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. And they, with whom, uh, and they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they, that they, willingly, they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. So David gives for the house, then he asked for other people to give, and they willingly gave, and there's all of this abundance for the house of the Lord. And then David talks to God. And from what David talked to God about, we find some things that we need to know when we give to God. And in verse, uh, verse 11, it begins that David begins to talk to the Lord about all that's been happening and, and all these gifts. And we learn some things about when we give to God what we should know. And the first thing we should know when we give to God is that our God is a great God. I mean, He is a great God. So we don't give to God because He needs anything, because He doesn't really need anything. He's a great God. And, uh, but so when we approach our giving to the Lord, we're not saying, well, Lord, I'll help you out. <laughs> Uh, Lord, I'm going to help you do this. No, it's not like that. We approach giving to the Lord like we understand He is a great and awesome God. Now notice what it says about the Lord in verse 11. He says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and the earth is Thine. So, Lord, you're great you're powerful, you're glorious, you're victorious, you're majestic, and everything in the heaven and in the earth belongs to you. It's already yours. So I'm not giving you something that I have that you want. Lord, it's all yours. So everything in the heaven and the earth is your, your great God. And then he says this, yours is the kingdom. In other words, God rules, and God's in charge. And God's the one who's over the kingdom. 
and he's exalted above all. Nobody is like you, Lord. You're exalted above all. And so when we give to God, the first thing we need to understand, as David pointed out, was God is a great God. And what a privilege it is to give to this great God. The second thing from this passage we learn is that we should know that God gives us what we have. Everything that we have, God gave it to us. So whatever you possess, if you possess smarts, if you have a good brain, God gave that to you. If you possess good looks, God gave that to you. If you possess a great heritage, you had great parents, they instructed you well, God gave that to you. If you possess health, that came from God. If you possess wealth, it came from God. Everything comes from the Lord. Look at verse 12. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. So, Lord, you have riches and honor and power and might and greatness and strength, and everything comes from you. And so we need to know when we give to God that God gives us everything that we have. He reigns over all and he determines whether we, re- what we, re- whether we receive things or not. He no- determines all those things. And so we're never to picture God as a, a needy God because when we give to him, we're actually giving something to him that, that actually belongs to him, that came from him. And so everything we have came from God. So we're never to give like uh, we feel sorry for uh, the Lord or his work is suffering and so we really need to help him out. We're not to give that way because we need to understand that what we have came from God. God does not need unsaved people to help him do his work. Now God sometimes uses unsaved people. Somebody said one time, If somebody who was a wicked person wanted to give the church money, would you take it? I said, yes, (laughs) I would take it. Don't you think a lot of the Egyptians were wicked people and God used their, their things to help build the temple and they gave it to them and it's all God's anyway. So it might be in the possession of a wicked person, but if some way or another that wicked person decides they're going to give it to the Lord's work, I think I would take it because it's God's anyway. And God's just transferring the the hand that holds it from that person to somebody else, to the church. And so, yes, I I think I would take it, because everything comes from God. All that you have comes from God. James says it like this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we need to understand when we give to God that everything that you have came from him. And so you need to recognize that. You don't need to be the kind of person who says, well, I'm a, well, I'm, I'm a, a self-made person and I've worked for everything I've got and I'm not going to just give it away because I've worked for everything I've got and as if I've done it all. No, you didn't do it all. Everything that you have came from God. So if you were able to work hard, who gave you the strength to work? God did. 
And so everything came from God. So all that you possess comes from God. The third lesson we need to learn from this is found in verse 16. Notice what it says in verse 16. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine, thine holy name cometh of thine hand and is all thine own. Now that sounds like what we've already said. It came from the Lord. But then he adds this, and it's all thine own. We should know that when we give to God, what we have not only came from God, it belongs to God. And so it belongs to him. Everything you have, whether you're a saved person or a lost person, everything you have belongs to God. And uh, so when we give to God, the ownership does not change. We don't say, now, Lord, I've got this. I'm going to give to you. And uh, it was mine, but now I'm going to give it to you. The Lord would correct us and say, no, no, wait a minute. What you're going to give to me already belongs to me. It is mine. You've just been entrusted with it for a while. You're a steward of it. And so we, we give to the Lord, and what we give to the Lord was already his. And it didn't really change ownership. It was just, it was his. So he just made us stewards of his money, of his possessions. And when we give it to the Lord, we're just giving what already belongs to him. We're just being good stewards of what he's given us. Therefore, we should not be compartmentalized Christians. We should not say, this is mine and this is God's. You know, 90% is mine, 10% belongs to the Lord. No, 100% of God is, is God's, and God demands that at least 10% you put in the Lord's work. But all of it belongs to Him. So what you do with the 90%, you answer to God for, because it's His. It's, already, it's still His. There should be no secular part of our life. All of our life belongs to God. All of our possessions belong to God. Everything is the Lord's. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? What? Know you not that your body is the temple of God, which you have of God, and you're not your own? You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. He says you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. If you're a Christian, you belong to God. And everything you have belongs to God. Everything belongs to the Lord. So we need to remember that when we give to the Lord. And then there's another lesson we can learn from this passage. It's found in verse 14. And that is, we should be humbled by the fact that we are permitted to God, by God to give to him something that's already his. And that's what David says in verse 14. He says, but who am I? And what is my people? Remember we began by saying, here's what David gave, and here's what the people gave. So David says, who am I, and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort, for all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. I've illustrated it before. You might remember that I think one time I brought somebody up, I don't know if it was Ed or somebody, but I, I took the billfold out of their pocket and took some money out of it, and this has been a few years ago, and gave it to him. And, uh, and I was illustrated the fact that that person would say, what? You're not, 
you can't give me my own money. It belongs to me. Well, that's the way it is when we give to the Lord. What we have is already his. And we should be humbled by the fact that the Lord permits us to give to him what already belongs to him, and then he blesses us for it. <laughs> what a blessing that the Lord would do that. And so David says, who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort for all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. This is amazing. We can give to God something that's already his and he's pleased with that and he blesses us, blesses us for doing it. And so uh, that's an important lesson when we learn to, when we give to the Lord is that we should be humbled by the fact that he allows us to do that. When we think about this, there's no room for pride. No room for pride. All things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Therefore, God is never impressed with the amount that we give. If someone came in the congregation this morning, and when the offering was placed, there was not only that figure, but there was two other zeros in there. And we'd say, wow, that has never happened. And we would be impressed. Now maybe somebody in the congregation came in and they were a billionaire. And they decided that they liked what they saw here and they were going to give to the church. We would be excited. I'll guarantee you I'd be excited. <laughs> and we would all be excited because of what the Lord had done. But would the Lord be impressed by that amount? No. How could it impress the Lord when it was already his? How could it impress the Lord when you, we talk about a, a billionaire and uh, that we are impressed by the amount of money they have? God's not impressed with that. Remember the account that the Lord gave of a lady? And uh, she did a very simple act. In fact, there's only four verses that tell about it. And it's amazing to me sometimes how God can tell a story and he can do it in such compact language. And it's all there, but it's in such short sec section of Scripture. And that's, that's the story of the widow and her might and her two mites. Look back in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Verse 1. And he looked up, and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Now wait a minute. Rich people, they cast in a whole lot, and she cast in like two pennies. And he says, she cast in more than they did. Now, we would say, now, Lord, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get that because we all know that that's what they gave is more than what she gave. And then the Lord explains. He said, for all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. And she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Is everything she had. And so God was not impressed with the amount. God looked at the heart. And so God sees the heart, and he knows all about that. Let's look at another account of that passage. 
That's four verses. Now look at Luke chapter, or rather Mark chapter 12. And it's in verse 41. And it's also four verses. Luke chapter 12, verse 41. And Jesus said over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasure, and many that were rich cast in much. I don't know how many of you like to watch people. It's interesting to watch people. <laughs> well, Jesus was watching people that day. And he was sitting there, and he was watching them cast their money in. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and he saith unto them, or just beckons them over and says, come here, I want to show you something. And said, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasure. Now there he's, in this passage he says, she's cast in more than everybody put together. All those that put into the treasure. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want to cast in all that she had, even all her living. She gave it all. And so, since the Lord owns it all, and it all belongs to Him, we should be impressed by the fact that He allows us to give, and because the Lord doesn't look on the amount, the Lord looks on the heart. And that's the next point we want to make. And the final point from this passage, turn back with me to First Chronicles chapter 29. And it's found in verse 17. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. So David's given to the Lord. His people have given to the Lord. And David's telling him some things about this giving. And he says this, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and has pleasure in uprightness. As for me and the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. Lord, I gave these because these things because I loved you. I gave them because I was willing to give them. And uh, I love you, and I was willing to give them, and I was upright in my heart. And now have I seen with joy thy people, and they're doing the same thing, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. You see, the Lord knows and sees our motives and also our attitudes in giving. God tries the heart. He has pleasure in uprightness, and he desires willingness. I willingly give. If you're in a congregation sometime and they're asking for gifts for a special project, and uh, you see people give, and you think, I really don't want to give, and I'd really wish I could get out of this, but I guess I'm going to have to because everybody else is doing it. It might help the amount, but it won't help you. <laughs> In fact, you might as well keep it because the Lord's not impressed with that, and the Lord's not pleased with that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Don't give 
grudgingly think, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. I could sure use this better in another way. But to save face or just to make sure I do my part, I guess I'm going to do it. God says don't give grudgingly. Or of necessity, just think, just because you think you need to. Because you remember, needing to and might translate in the fact that you think God is needy and God is not. God is not needy. God doesn't need anything. God gives us the privilege to give. And so God looks at the attitude and determines whether we have the right attitude in our giving. So when we give to God, and we truly need to give to God, and our offerings have been down. I mean, it's a good offering today, but when you take away the 8,000, it's not that good. And uh, we need to give to God. But when we give to God, we need to give to him recognizing some things. First of all, he's a great God. He's not a needy God. He's a great God. And he deserves our praise. He deserves our honor. He deserves our obedience. God gives us what we have. And what we have still belongs to God. And we should be humbled by the fact that he allows us to give what belongs to him and then he blesses us for it. And then understand that God sees the motives that we have when we give. And so let's give because we love the Lord. Let's be people with open hands. Open hand giving is a person receives from the Lord blessings. He's glad to receive them. But he keeps his hand open because the Lord might let that blessing flow through his hand and to someone else or to another purpose. But some Christians are clenched fist Christians. <clears throat> they're not open-handed Christians. They're clenched fist Christians. And that is it comes into their hand and they grab it. And they say, this is mine. And I'm going to do with it as I want. I've, wanted, I've had this project a long time and I'm going to do that. Nobody's getting this money. The Lord says we should never be that way. We should be open-handed. And if God sees fit to pass it through our hands, that's okay. It came from the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. It's his, and he can do as he pleases. We should also not be what some people call a Dead Sea Christian. A Dead Sea Christian is a clenched fist Christian. The Dead Sea receives all the time, but nothing flows out. The result is there's a lot of minerals in the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea is rich, but it's dead. It doesn't support life because it's dead, because there's nothing flowing out. And a Dead Sea Christian is a person who receives all the good from the Lord, but bottles it up and refuses to let the Lord use it for anybody else. They believe it belongs to me. It's mine. No, everything that we have belongs to God. It's his. It came from him. It still belongs to him, and he wants us to manage it according to his will, and he looks at our attitude when we do that. And so all that is between you and the Lord. It's not between you and me. It's not between you and the and the other people in the church. It's between you and the Lord. And so my giving is between me and God. That's why I never want to uh, know what people give in the church. I could find out but I don't, and God knows that's true. 
I remember in West Virginia, one time we were going through a particular thing, and there was some changes. I can't remember exactly what there was. And the treasurer came to me, and he said, Pastor, he said, maybe we should just put your name on there so you could sign this, sign the check that's needed. And I said, no way. <laughs> no way. My name is not going to be one that's required on the check. That's, I don't want that because somebody will maybe accuse some, and I don't want that. And so I've always stayed clear of that. And uh, I would have access to giving records if I wanted to, but I'd never do that because that's between you and the Lord. And God knows our heart, and God is pleased with what he sees when we give to him willingly. And so the Lord wants us to be a Christian who loves him and gives because we love him. And the Lord will bless you uh, for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for just reminding us of these things concerning our giving. Help us to remember them and be faithful to you. We know that you'll bless if we are, and we thank you for that. And may your will be done in Jesus' name.